This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to another episode of Double Tap. It is Wednesday, it's the 31st of May 2023. Finally, May is over. And it's also the end for Soundscape. You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Oh, Sean Priest, that was a bit of a cryptic and rather depressing introduction in the end. It became some kind of horror movie by the end. Well, today's show's going to be a barrel of laughs, isn't it? Well, Unbelievable. You know, yeah, yeah, it will be because, you know what, I, I'm going to tell you some truth. I'm going to drop some truth bombs today. Ooh, are you? Yes. Okay, go on then. Uh, I'll get to that in a minute because I want to say first, and this is actually a truth bomb, Uh, we're going to be joined today by none other than the host of Raising Kindness, two words you never thought you'd hear on this programme, Becky Czar is going to be joining us from AMI today to talk all about the end of Soundscape. It's a disgrace. Oh, rest in peace, Soundscape. I love you. Rest in peace, indeed. Rest in peace. Um, can I just ask a question, right? This is that's a, apropos. A green grocer's funeral. Uh, uh, that's very uh, sorry. I just left that there because I, I didn't understand. Have you ever enjoyed a party ever? <laughs> I mean, if we're going to be depressing, let me just bring this up. Have you ever gone to a party and thought, you know what, I'm really enjoying myself because I nope. never have. I mean, look, don't get me wrong. I have such mixed opinions about social <laughs> look at gatherings. You backpedaling, thinking, oh no, who's thrown me a party? No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I, have such, I have such mixed emotions about it. I mean, I will say my 40th birthday was the best party I'd ever had because I didn't know it was coming. It was ah, a surprise. Yes, yes, yes. And that's the best kind because if you don't know it's coming, it's, it's the lead up part. I have this horrific anxiety around any kind of movement. Well, I could just stop the sentence right there. Yes, Any kind of there. movement at all. Um, <laughs> but honestly, sometimes you think, oh, they're going out. There's this whole kind of thing in your head about the experience of going there and meeting it's people. It's awful. And all this stuff. It's and then you get there and you've got, to, you've got to talk to people. You've actually got to speak to other human that beings. Would, that would be fine. What you end up being is being parked in a corner and being... You know, oh, do you want, I'll go and get you something. It's the worst experience ever. The reason I bring it up is because it's um, a friend of ours' 50th uh, birthday and they're having a party. And it's, of course, you're going to come. No. Well, not now, obviously. I'm not. And look, I would would love to go and celebrate this time in your life. That'd be great. You're great friends and we love you. I hate. Liar. Well, look, (laughs) I I only know them for one thing. It'll, It'll be a big party. So, Lots of people I don't know. Lots of noise, oh, which just drives me crazy. Yep. And I know I'm just going to be sat in the corner going, yeah, I'm all right, thanks. No, I'm all right. It's an awful experience. I've never had a good experience going to a party as a blind man. There, I've said it. It's a truth. That's a truth bomb. We that need the sound eight. effect. I know. I don't have anything that would uh, uh, apply. I've got a breaking news thing. I could just play the beginning of the breaking news bit. Well, let's, That's try like, let's try this. There you go. That's no, that's the, quite good. That actually. is the well best done. you're going to get. <laughs> Sorry, I just had to get that off my chest. Yeah, Parties no, are it. terrible. I get it. I, I went to a party once. I will not say which party, because I know people who listen to the show might know who, what I'm talking about. But I went to a party once, and it was the same thing. I just had this hot... Because, you know, there comes a point where, look, first of all, I don't drink alcohol to any excess. 
No. So because of that, I am the worst person to invite to a party because I get bored really quickly. And everyone starts getting drunk. I've just lost interest at that point. And um, <laughs> on top of that, the the noise level goes up with alcohol. You I notice know. that? Everyone yeah. starts shouting. I can't think. Music it goes overwhelming. up. The sen- they call it sensory overload. This is the term that's uh-huh. used. And it's the right term because it does. It feels like... Because if you can't... If you can't see, and all your your hearing's basically blocked as well, it's not a great experience. It's, it's not, not a great experience. And let me just say this as well. I, you I'm say not it, Sean. Of... You speak. I, I, you know what? I am going to speak. Don't cancel me. Um, please, Mr. F, God bless you. <laughs> Thank you. Well done. <laughs> I tell you, you're to... for. You're for this. That's where, Yeah, get your ticket ready. You're out. I'll, I'll get me coat. I'm not talking about a social gathering or getting together with other blind friends as well, which, by the way, I love. Totally different experience. It's, it's... Yeah, blind people are fine. We're fine to be around. Yeah, blind we're lovely. Cool. Yeah, yeah, we're great. No, because we get it. We, we understand, whereas... Yeah. Uh, sorry, anyway, I'm going off of one. No, you carry on with your depressing uh, whatever. <laughs> so artificial intelligence is going to lead to extinction. Ah, breaking news. Breaking news. <laughs> breaking news. Uh, so this is a report from BBC saying artificial intelligence could lead to the extinction of humanity. Um, this is including, by the way, this is from the heads of OpenAI and Google DeepMind, the people who brought you AI are telling you it will kill us all. Oh, good. Someone's just watched Terminator then. So dozens have supported a statement which has been published on the website for the Centre for AI Safety. Um, Mitigating the risk of extinction from AI should be a global priority alongside other societal-scale risks such as pandemics and nuclear war, it reads. Others say the fears are overblown. That would be Sean Priest. Um, Sam Altman, chief executive of chat GPT maker OpenAI... Uh, Dennis Hazibis, uh, the chief executive of Google DeepMind, and Dario Amode of Anthropic have all supported (laughs) this statement. Uh, The Centre for Sensory... No, Sensor? Sensory? No, this is not right. The Centre for AI Safety... I used to work in a building called the Centre for Sensory Impairment. That's why I'm getting mixed up. The Uh Centre for AI Safety website suggests a number of possible disaster scenarios. Ready? Oh, yeah, you're going to read them out? Oh, good. This is the world's worst top five ever. (sighs) So AIs could be weaponized. For example, drug discovery tools could be used to build chemical weapons. That's fun. What? Okay. Don't understand that one. Yeah, because, you know, if it figures out how it can build chemical weapons, if it's got that capability, look, if basically it's sucked in all the knowledge of the world, then bad stuff is going to be in there. Okay. Well, and it suddenly decides that we have become a threat because we try to unplug it. Again, Terminator. Yeah, well, you can't unplug it. That's the other problem, right? Uh, AI-generated misinformation could destabilize society and undermine collective decision-making. I think we're already there. Yes, yeah. That, I think AI's got a job <laughs> on its hands with that bolted. one. Yeah, I think humanity is <laughs> doing a pretty good job of that on its own. Uh, the power of AI could become increasingly concentrated in fewer and fewer hands enabling regimes to enforce narrow values through per- pervasive surveillance and oppressive censorship. Again, Again. <laughs> I'm already on that track already. <laughs> Next. Uh, what's this one? Enfeeblement, where humans become dependent on AI, similar, oh, wait for it, to the scenario portrayed in the best Disney film ever, Wally. Oh, 
Well, fat people <laughs> floating around in chairs. Yes. That's me, again, already here. While, while the robots tidy everything up, basically. <laughs> As my Roomba trundles around my feet, yes. Uh, already there, next. Uh, so basically, uh, yeah, that's the uh, assumption that is being leveled. I have to say, oh, come on. these are not the worst scenarios I can think of. I mean, yeah, they're not good scenarios. None of oh, these are good scenarios. Right, you could make it even worse. Oh, yeah, okay. you could probably Everyone think... brace yourselves. I, know, I, I could, though. I could probably think of a lot worse that it could well, do. I mean, I'm thinking don't. of actual weapons as opposed to chemical weapons. I mean, I'm not sure they're uh, particularly great. Either. Unmanned drones. Droned. I mean, well, just think about the capability of these things can start to... <sighs> They I mean, can't. Well, here's the Don't question. Say think. Here's the question. What? Where is all this coming from? Is this coming from the idea that these things can become sentient or are sentient? That's the question. Mm. Well, why, mm. where is, where is this coming aren't. from? This is coming from, in, in my opinion, as a uh, absolutely know-nothing, in my opinion, this is simply uh, people trying to push uh, governments into actually taking AI seriously and laying down regulations because that's what they actually want to be able to roll this out um, without having to wait for you know the incredibly slow wheels of bureaucracy to catch up as we are with self-driving cars so I think this is um, this is more a push of okay this is more of a threat than it actually is there I've said so you, absolutely well, no, no, no info to back that up on my case. But, no, that's but I'm interested in this because I kind of think to myself, the people who are behind this technology, the people who are developing it, the ones who are everyone's talking about, OpenAI, who are leading this charge. I mean, I know others are yes. there and Google's one of them. And I know there are others, no doubt, as well. But at the moment, it's OpenAI working with Microsoft and Google and Google DeepMind, of course, which is part of, of their company as well. So... These are the guys driving us towards exactly... this cliff edge, right? And yes. they're saying there's a cliff edge coming, and when we go over it, it's not going to be fun. And I'm confused by that, because surely they would be the people who would be saying, it's fine, we've got this, it's fine. I think they want to push AI to be seen as a le legit um, technology that, that actually is is going to help us but in order to do that they want the regulation i mean he did sam did go in front of the senate and say i want regulation for this this yes. new platform yes, he did. this new technology and then a and week then, later yes he beat me to it go on <laughs> i was going to say this, this this story about the eu uh coming up with some kind of ai bill or or some kind of ai legislation uh, which we don't know the detail of but sam altman's first reaction was to say well you know what if you put that regulation in i'm out I'm going. I, I don't want that regulation. Not that regulation. <laughs> I want the US light That's what touch I mean, regulation. Though. That's yeah. what I mean. Yeah, it, it's, it, weird. it's very. I think this is all about pushing AI and trying to get it out there. Um, it, it doesn't think. It's not sentient. It's not consciousness. It isn't. It just. But isn't. but I wonder if if it's being looked at because remember, of course, there's a lot of well, you you know the story, of course, of OpenAI and how it's developing these GPT functions. So we're at GPT four. Um, I think we should rename these as DEFCON numbers. Um, I think we're at DEFCON 4 right now. And 5, whatever the bad one is, it's probably going to be 5 or 6 or 7. Uh, and I, I kind of feel that the higher these numbers go, the higher our risk to life is. Because it seems to me every single time one of these things come out, we, we see another tranche of jobs potentially disappear. I, I, saw it, I heard it today, a friend of mine saying he's tried to get a developer to do something for him for two years. The developer's never really managed it. And then all of a sudden, 
Uh, he said, I'll, I'll try this myself using GPT. Did it in an hour. The, G- the developer couldn't well, do it. Well, that's a better thing. There's a job gone, right? That guy's just lost his gig. Well, he wasn't um, doing it anyway. No, but it, it shows how fast this technology... How terrible technology, he was at his job. Well, no, it shows how fast this technology is growing and that he can do this very simply. And this guy's not a coder. He was not a developer. He no. did not understand. He just knew how to ask questions. I saw a YouTube video the other day of someone coding Flappy Bird, that very oh, yeah, yeah. popular iOS game, um, without typing one single word of code. Yeah. Um, absolutely amazing. And the graphics were generated with AI as well. I mean, absolutely amazing, right? I mean, look, uh, to give some perspective here, a computer scientist from Princeton University told the BBC that sci-fi-like disaster scenarios are unrealistic. Current AI is nowhere near capable enough for these risks to materialise. As a result, it's distracted attention away from the near-term harms of AI. And uh, Oxford's Institute for Ethics and AI, uh, a senior Research associate told BBC News that she was more worried about risks closer closer to the present. Advancements in AI will magnify the scale of automated decision-making that is biased, discriminatory, exclusionary, or otherwise unfair, while also being inscrutable and incontestable, she said. They would drive an exponential increase in the volume and spread of misinformation, thereby fracturing reality and ending, eroding public trust and drive further inequality, particularly for those who remain on the wrong side of the digital divide. Oh, That's an interesting point. That's absolutely true. Yeah. The biggest problem is deep faking anything, voices, video, anything like that. We're, we're not going to be able to, well, not that we ever did, trust our eyes anymore or our ears or anything. It, it, that is a huge problem. I don't know what the answer is to that. So here's I my question. That, yes, Stephen, yes. Why are we doing this to ourselves? Because the potential positives are absolutely amazing, as you know, something like virtual volunteer shows. From a purely selfish point of view, <laughs> I can't wait for this tech to help me um, live my life better. And that's simple as that. Okay, it, so let's imagine we've built, uh, I don't know, a 100-foot robot that, you know, is clamoring its way through cities, destroying everything in its wake. Why destroying? Why but, not building and saving people? This yes. robot is really nice to blind people. Yep. Cuddles us, picks us up. I'm all for rubs it. Our, rubs our tummies, oh, pushes us back down. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like... In one hand, you're saying this massive monster that's going to, you know, potentially destroy all society. Yeah, a couple of blind people will do all right out of it, but everyone else will be burning. That's not great. Okay, if you say so. <laughs> in in wow. your opinion, wow, oh, that's a really interesting no, no, and even no. darker perception of things. Goodness, I'm just saying I don't think that could get any worse. There's real issues when it comes to any tech, not just AI. Any tech which needs looking at before we understand its potential problems there. But you still can't rule it out because of the positives. It's, it's, yeah, I don't know. There you go. I'll just come back to that. I don't know, mate. Well, here's the good news. Uh, The British Prime Minister, and we all know Britain is a huge success story. Of course. So you absolutely want to follow its example. Uh Rishi Sunak, the Prime Minister, stressed the benefits to the economy and society. He said, you've seen that recently it was helping paralysed people to walk, discovering new antibiotics, but we need to make sure this is done in a way that is safe and secure. And that is why I've met with CEOs of major AI companies to discuss what the guardrails are and what we need to put in place what that type of regulation should be 
to keep us safe. People will be concerned by the reports that AI poses existential risks like pandemics or nuclear wars. I want them to be reassured that the government is looking very carefully at this. Well, I feel reassured. I'm definitely not. Okay. I think yes. I'm more scared now. <laughs> and yes. also the G7, I should say as well, the G7 summit, uh, the leading uh, indu- uh, this, these seven uh, leading industrialized nations will get together and they will discuss this and create a working group on AI. And I bet any money, the wording of which will be written by GPT. <laughs> oh, that would be ironic. <laughs> but you see, that, that, that's everything part else of- is. You could say that's part of the plan, right? I mean, how quickly have, have people, governments, and whole countries got together and started talking about this? Mm. I mean, this is a fairly new development. And I know AI has been in development for years and years and decades. But, I mean, this sudden advancement... The impact was, the impact itself, yes, I think, has not been felt right. at all. Yeah. Bit, we've talked about it, the home of the future and all that nonsense. You know, all that seemed like it was, you know, something. But even then, I think people knew this yeah. isn't real. Yeah. Um, what is this is real. This is happening today. And you yes. only need to download the Call Annie app and you will be utterly terrified about the future. <laughs> so much so I want to cheer myself up. I want to I want to hear oh. Philippe sing this because you know I, I think I just happy. need it. I need I need positivity now. Philippe, cheer me up, will you? me feel better right let's get some emails laura's reading as always wayne has some issues he wants to tell us about you guys are the best at technology so see if you can help me with why i have a problem with phone data and internet when i'm on 5g i'm with ee have you found this i thought 5g was supposed to give us a better experience and faster downloads and speeds just thought you might want to talk about this at some stage loving be my eyes it's amazing what it can do from wayne yeah, Wayne was one of uh, the winners of our uh, chance to get onto the You're beta You're a early. winner! Yeah. Sorry. I yes. see the internet loved that competition. The people who didn't win... Oh, yes. Who didn't, ...who didn't take part in the competition, I should add. You people who did take part, you didn't <laughs> complain. The ones that didn't, wow, they had plenty to say on that subject. We are so incredibly sorry for... No, I'm not sorry. They didn't even take part. Right. I I'm didn't win. A, I didn't win. Well, I'm you didn't take ironic. part. Oh, wow, okay. I yeah. love you all. Don't listen to him. Um, I love my listeners. I love my uh, ones that take part. Moving on. Please stop. Um, We love you, Twitter. Uh, Let me just say. Is it dead yet? I hope it is. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What problems are you having, Wayne? Did did Wayne actually say the problems here? That's terrible. 5G is terrible. He's on EE, which is a UK uh, mobile cell network. And it is is supposed to be brilliant 5g that is um i'm seeing lots of reports of people saying you know what i got better on 4g and i I was the same i was in town once and i had to do some work i remember it was time we were doing some work on the globe and mail you might remember this i think i think it was the time you were away actually you were off ill and i'm sorry yeah it was your fault and i'm sitting in a cafe couldn't get a signal so i thought i'll go on 5g i'm in the center of town i'm like literally in the center of the top of a mast yeah i may as well have been 
And I remember going back to the days when 3G was launched. And it was the same with 3G. 3G, it was dreadful at the beginning. And um, I, I same location, pretty much. And I could not get a signal. And on 5G, I got next to nil. And I thought, I wish I could just switch this back to 4G, which I probably could if I delved into the settings, but I didn't have time. Can you? Actually, I, think, I don't well, know. I don't That's know. a good it, point. I, mean, I don't know if you can do that, actually. But yeah, I mean, it was just... Oh, it was dreadful. So no, I, I don't think it's just you. I have noticed when I'm out and about, and I don't know if you've ever had this issue, Sean, but I have a lot of issues when I travel. No. And I go from, well, I suppose that's a good point. I'm talking to you. Thanks. But, you know, when I travel, if I go from, from your part of the world in Manchester down to London, back, when I get home, I cannot get a signal at all. I have to reset my network settings every time. Or really? I will get nothing. If I try to make a FaceTime call, it won't work. I used to get this when I would go abroad. I kind of expected that to some degree. But when you're in the same country, I don't know what's going on. So, yeah, mm. I don't know if it's a phone issue. It could be a phone thing or it could be something else entirely. It could be your fault. I think it's your fault. My fault? I've Wayne's decided fault. it. No, it's, it's your fault. Oh, my fault. Not yeah, I, fault, I do no. apologise, Wayne. I, I, we'll, try, we'll try better. Do better like, next time. If you want to get in touch with some more details about the actual, you know, what, what actual problems, just with calls or just with data? It's, you it's everything. It's terrible. So, Okay, well, that's the change providers. There you go. There you go. Just get a new phone, throw everything away, <laughs> and start again. Right, let's get another voicemail in uh, from one of our wonderful listeners. Today, folks, this is CC on the line from Montreal. It's, hey, CC. Uh, Friday, the last Friday in May. No, it's not. And I just heard you say that Graham is reporting no problems with Freestyle Libre by Abbott Laboratories on 16.5. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. I'm Fight. in Canada. I'd like to confirm that Graham is also in Canada. Uh, the Freestyle Helpline here in Canada are saying they no longer support text-to-speech in oh. their app. What? I'm guessing that they're trying to get um, authorization to launch preferred generation here in Canada. It is available in the U.S., apparently. But the second generation, which is the only one that I have access to, uh, it doesn't work, and they're not talking about making it work either. So please confirm, Graham, are you using Libre 2? Are you using third generation? Are you in Canada? Um, and who knows what all other questions I'd like to know. But like I say, the people that answer their telephones say they no longer support text-to-speech. So to heck with them. I'm going to try another system, hopefully sometime in the next couple of weeks. I'm going to try out a Dexcom G6, which is, again, is a generation uh, behind what is available in the U.S. They're up to the G7, but we don't have, um, it hasn't been approved in Canada as of yet. Thanks for all of your uh, interest in this, and if Either or both of you wanted to, please call the the Freestyle Libre accessibility line. And I wish I'd thought of it so I could leave the the number here, but I don't recall. Okay. Thanks. Thank you, CC. Oh, my goodness. The, The hassle this poor guy has gone through time and time again. Um. 
believe I had to mute myself then to stop myself from saying something. But you know what? Enough is enough. That is absolutely disgusting to hear that phrase. We don't support text to speech. What does that even mean? What exactly right? What do you mean you don't support it? I mean, this is terrible. We need to do something about this, Stephen. I think we need a a, a special episode on this and get some people on. Well, let's let's, I, I, let's I actually get. I think we should get Graham and Cece together first yes, to see if we can figure this exactly. out. Because Graham seems to be not having problems. Cece is having problems. So I think maybe if we if you two are up for it, let's get you both on the show. Let's actually get you two together and see if we can solve this for you both, but also for our audience who may be struggling with this as well. And so, if we can get Freestyle Libra on, even better, but I doubt well, it. Well, yeah, but let's, let's, start, let's start with ourselves, because I think maybe there's an answer in here somewhere. I don't know where, but it, it, the fact is, it's clearly not a consistent problem uh, just for CC. And, or, generational? Or, or, yeah, is it a generation? But I don't know. It doesn't make sense. None it doesn't. Of it, makes sense. it doesn't make any sense. So we, we need more people. So if you, anyone, any of you out there are using the Freestyle Libra, whatever generation it is, get in touch, because this is, this is gone beyond a joke. That is absolutely disgusting. Whew. Right, okay. Um, I'm angry now. Oh. Yeah, I know, it's ridiculous. Uh, okay, let's get another voicemail uh, from one of our lovely listeners. Hi, greetings from Marcosello land, or almost. I'm in NDG, he's in Point Claire. It's close enough, it's Montreal, what the hell. Uh, yes, you can <laughs> okay, use right, this sorry. on air. Uh, it's the Be My Eyes thing. A lot of podcasters are getting free usage of the beta to demonstrate. I understand that. And a lot of podcasters, including you guys and Steinkamp on Main Menu, have given away betas as well. And that's well and fine. But there's some of us who have been waiting two and a half months to get on there. And we're chomping at the bit just as bad to want to be able to get on and to be able to use it. And I understand the hesitancy on the part of the developers. But it's bloody annoying to see people out there podcasters or especially those getting freebies to be able to use it and us not being able to. I'm getting a little annoyed and a little antsy. I'd love to be able to use it too. Uh, I love your show. I listen every day. I watch the TV show every week. Yes, I'm totally blind and yes, I do watch TV. So all the best to all you guys. From Mark Othello land, well, almost. I'm in NDG. He's in Point Claire. That's close enough. All the best from Montreal. Well, thank you, Mark. And yes, I did see earlier, you know, lots of people complaining online that they didn't get a chance to win. I will also add, a lot of those people didn't enter the competition. Mark, I know you did, so I appreciate that. Um, but, you know, we're, we really aren't in control of what Be My Eyes want to do on this. And it was a bit of a surprise. And also, I think, a nice thing that Be My Eyes did, asking people, look, if you want to get on here, uh, you know, if you want to go on via the, the show, then you can do that. And we gave five spaces away. But I do believe that there will be another 100 spaces opening up uh, for beta testers. I think they're just trying to limit, Sean, There's never going to be enough. There's no, never going to... I mean, they can't win. I, I totally get the frustration, but this is still the beta phase. So, I mean, it is what it is. And it is going to roll out to everybody. We will all get our hands on this. And I, There will I, be a public beta, which yeah. will be much more available. So this is early days. I get it. I get it. I totally get it. But, yeah. you know, what can they do? Uh, okay, that's it for this segment. Coming up, though, we're going to be joined by Becky Zarr. She's the host of Raising Kindness on AMI-audio, and she will be joining us to talk all about the end of Soundscape, another frustration for all of us blind people. It's a frustrating day, Sean. At the end I'm of frustrated! A month, I'm oh. frustrated too. Uh, stick around. This is Double Tap on AMI-audio. <laughs> 
Connect with the Double Tappers on social media now. On Twitter and Facebook at Double Tap On Air. And on Mastodon at Double Tap. Yes, you'll find us all over the internet. Um, in which state? Well, that's really up for you to decide. Uh, right, we've got our guest with us today. I'm so glad to welcome back to Double Tap a friend of ours. And I can say that genuinely, Sean. This is a real friend, like a real person who likes us. Well... I don't know if she likes us, but, you know, we like oh, her. Yes, that's all that matters. Absolutely. Becky Zara is back with us. Oh, oh. Host of Raising Kindness on AMI-audio, something I'm unaware of entirely. Uh, kindness. kindness. Yes. Yeah, kindness. yeah, yeah. Raising hell, that's more my thing. Oh, ho, 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 ho. he's not at all. Hello, Becky. How are you? <laughs> Hi, guys. I'm doing fabulous. I love hanging out with you guys. Honestly, I could do it every day, all day long. You just make me giggle. Well, come on every day then, because that is that is an open offer. Uh, but listen, I want to talk to you today about one topic that I know is getting a little bit uh, irritating for you, uh, because of course, and the timing of this is really interesting, because this is pretty much it for Microsoft Soundscape as it stands. Microsoft Soundscape. It will be Soundscape, I guess, <laughs> as of the next week, uh, when it comes uh, away entirely, and it will be open source only, meaning that potentially another company could pick it up and run with it. We don't know what's going to happen there. I have a hunch someone has got their eye on it and wants to do something with it, since the reaction from the blind community has been just shock at the fact it's, it's going away. Now, Sean, uh, you heard, am I right in saying this, in a podcast that you were... Uh, well, from Microsoft, wasn't it? Someone mentioned on a podcast that you know it was going, but it had moved into this new phase. What, what, was, what was that about? Yeah, that's it was um, Jenny LaFleury talking, head of Microsoft Accessibility, talking about um, well various things. But the question was put to her, you know, what about Soundscape? And the response was, well, yes, yeah, Soundscape has moved on to its next phase, which is to be made open source, and the code is out there for other developers to pick up. But then it was quickly moved on. The, the follow-up question was about seeing AI and its future, and should we be worried about that? And she was very confident, you know, it's been here six years as of now, and we're very um, uh, proud of it, and it, it, it will be here. But the question remains, why? Why is Soundscape going? And that is never answered anywhere. I've never got a response from Microsoft about this. Is it, is it moving on? Yeah, go on. But I was going to ask, is it moving on to the next phase, like, you know, when, when a zombie attacks a human, they're moving on to another phase, another, which yes. is to become a zombie and <laughs> not much else? I mean, in the sense of, well, what does that even mean, right? It's like, what does the phase thing mean? Because it's it just... gives the impression that this was planned all along, that this was never, well, this is what I'm taking from it. This is my opinion. It gives the impression that this was you know, part of the plan, it wasn't meant to be a Microsoft-only product forever and ever. Mm. This was always going to be opened up to other developers. I'm sorry, I don't buy that. Okay, Becky, what's your take on this? Because you got in touch with me about this, and we've been talking about it. It's um, it's annoying a lot of people. What about you? Yeah, you know what? I totally, I'm a micro, or Microsoft lover. I'm a Soundscape lover. Like, I absolutely love it. Every time I come on this show, every time I see you guys, I'm like, hey, Soundscape, let's go do this. I have Soundscape. I love it. I know so many other people love it. And I'm so irked right now. I'm just irritated, frustrated, sad, mad, whatever, that it's just suddenly being taken away. And I like, I completely echo 
why the amb- ambiguity with it? Why? Why not just tell us what your deal is? Why you suddenly feel the need to cut us off? And I mean, it, it just feels it just feels disrespectful. And I feel like I'm I want to give Microsoft the benefit of the doubt where I am hoping that they just don't understand and it's just like not a I don't care thing, right? By cutting off the blind community with the Soundscape because it's a fabulous product. Why just can you do something that's working so well? Add a fee to it. I'll pay to use it. Like if that's what it comes down to is cost incurring and stuff like that. Like you want to make a profit off of it? Let's give her like we'll pay. I don't know. I'll pay. Oh, I totally agree with you. Yeah. I think it, it's a product well worth paying for. And the problem is there's nothing that offers the same functionality in the same way. I mean, totally. There, of course, there's other mobility programs. Of course, there is. And there's some great ones, Blind Square, Lazarillo, even just Google Maps and Apple Maps. But nothing really that, that can take the place of Soundscape. And the thing that really blew me away about Soundscape was... I started using it when I first moved here to a new house and just to, you know, get the names of the streets. I just took it out for a wander with me. And as soon as you turn a corner, it tells you what street you're on, tells you which way you're going. It tells you what's coming up in intersections and things like that. It's just so responsive and so focused on the visual impairment aspect of it that it doesn't leave you guessing. You're not sort of walking along thinking, please tell me where I am. You know, you're waiting and it's just so responsive and it's great. And uh, yeah, I totally agree with you. I, I I was sort of at the, when I first heard this, I was just sort of, okay, there must be some reason behind it. But it's actually more Microsoft's response to our, um, you know, our comments on this. As a, When I say our, I mean as a community, because everyone's saying, I, I really don't want this to go. Um, I, I find that more irritating and frustrating. Just tell us why what is happening totally i love how i mean i've tested out in the last little while here a variety of the apps that you just suggested as well and i have found nothing comparable i like to put my soundscape on my aftershocks on put my phone in my pocket and go for a walk like a typical person i don't want to have my phone out in front of my face trying to show my phone, my camera, what's around me. I don't want to do that because I'm already multitasking. I have a guide dog on my left side. I have my kid on my right side and I'm just trying to function. And I like being able to know that I'm walking by the McDonald's and I'm legitimately walking by the McDonald's and I'm approaching this upcoming intersection and it's legitimate that intersection. Like when I was trying out these other ones, trying to find a substitution and I was walking and I was like literally standing at it in an inter- at an intersection. Um, I knew which one I was at, and it said that I was approaching that intersection in like 37 meters. And I'm like, really? Like, okay. Yeah, And absolutely. then, yeah, like it's just, it's wild how how vastly different it is. Yeah, there's nothing else like it. And I think that's the thing that does surprise us. And, and it's interesting because when we met Becky, when you and I met way back in Regina, was that last year? You bet. And... I remember thinking, you know, you and I talked about the fact that you said you weren't particularly techie, right? And then the joke came that you're not techie Becky, right? So that's <laughs> your nickname, right? Yes, and it is. And we had this whole thing about it. And actually, you know, you were saying you do use a lot of tech. You're, you're getting into using more smartphone apps. And it seems like this one really connected with you in a way that, that maybe other apps didn't, you know. And, and that's the thing. Sometimes these apps come along and they just change our lives for the better because we and we really feel we can embrace them 
So, you know, tell me your reaction when you heard that news that it was going away. I I honestly didn't believe it. And I was like, okay, like there's got to be some sort of mistake or confusion or mismessaging that's taken place. And so I kind of just let it percolate for a little bit. And then I kind of read a little bit more about it and it was legitimately going away. And then I caught like kind of a little bit fearful. And I was thinking about, you know, myself and this is going to come and coincide right with summertime when my son is off school and I want to be out confidently doing things in the community with him. And then I started thinking about other people and thinking, well, maybe they don't even have the resource that I do. At least I'll have a 13-year-old walking beside me, right? That can verify a particular intersection that's right in front of me, not two blocks up ahead. And so, you know, I, I was just really frustrated in that I feel that, you know, we know statistically isolation is a big problem for people with visual impairments. And I just feel like this is going to compound the issue for some other people as well. They don't have access to, you know, maybe the monetary money that's associated with purchasing BlindSquare or, you know, finding a different app that's actually compatible and to their liking. And I, I mean, personally with me, I just love the visual aspect um, of what is going on around me. That's something I really missed when I lost my sight is I, I want to know what businesses I'm going by. And lots of times I'm actually told about businesses that I had no idea that have moved into that spot. Yeah. And so it's just, it's really informative and it feels really comfortable for me. So I'm, I feel like, you know, I was sitting on the couch one day whining about this and I was like, I have to do something about it. I have to try. So I have been passing around this petition started by some lady, I don't even know who she is, um, in New York. And it's under, um, oh my goodness, I should, maybe I'll send it to you guys when you guys show notes or something like that. But if yeah. you just Google Soundscape petition, it'll pop up there. And when I started sharing it, it was around 1,500 people. And now we're close to 1,700 people um, that have signed that. So if you are a Soundscape person like me that does not want to see it go away, um, you know, feel free to jump on there. Or if you have somebody that you know that's really enjoys the app as well, throw your signature on it. It doesn't hurt. We may not, you know, remedy the issue today or tomorrow, but it, it allows us to have our voices being heard collectively as a community. I think that's important. Yeah. We've actually signed that petition already. If it's the same one, Love I don't it. know if there's multiple ones, but it's actually a really accessible, easy thing to do to sign uh, an online petition. So absolutely everyone should do that. Um, I, I'm still, I mean, the, the thing is, look, if in a couple of days or let's say next week, who knows, maybe someone is hard at work developing using the source code already. And if that comes along suddenly, uh, are we appeased? Are we happy then? I'm going to say yes, I probably would be if there was a, you know, a Soundscape um, equivalent released by yeah. someone else. Um, there's, prob there's probably a developer right now screaming at yeah, their smart speaker saying, <laughs> for goodness sake, just give me a couple of weeks. I'm working on it. But have we heard anything? I've heard nothing. I, no. I contacted I the developer. Oh, oh, okay. Breaking news. Uh, breaking news. I have because can I, can I, I actually play that? Is that there you breaking are. News. Yes. Here we go. Breaking news. Over to our correspondent, Becky Zara. Yes, Becky. <laughs> I feel so legit right now, you guys. Yeah. So I have been chatting via email with a gentleman from Blind Square. 
Um, I approached them and asked them because I had heard rumblings that they were incorporating the soundscape and I wanted to know if it was true or not. Um, So I have spoke to him and I won't name drop, but um, and he said that they are incorporating components of the soundscape um, coding into their next version six update of Blind Square. Um, they cannot release all the details to me. I tried to pressure the guy, but um, and, but they will be coming out later in their third quarter. I don't know when their third quarter is. I posed that question to him too, because I'm not really sure when everybody's you know year to date starts, because it's all kind of different with businesses and stuff. But um, so I am really optimistic. He did say that it's going to include um, a lot of intersection information, which to me is huge. I want to know, like if I'm coming across a, you know, parking lot or, a, you know, non-active intersection or a legit active intersection, I want to know that information. So to me, that would be huge. Um, I don't know. I, I'm And I did ask that the people that currently have Blind Square, um, a purchased app, would they be entitled to these updates as well? Or are they going to get an additional fee on top of it? And he said there will be no additional fee. So um, I don't have a lot of details, but they are talking about it, which was exciting to me um, because the usability, I'm going to be honest, I might get in trouble for this. The usability um, from my perspective of Blind Square is not all that functional in the setting that I live in. When I initially talked to him, he directed me to go and explore Wascana Park in downtown Regina, which is a beautiful center. Um, and I actually was on the CNIV board and I was part of the Blind Square advocacy for businesses downtown to get on board with Blind Square. And so I helped out about it with that. I knew about that. But I don't visit downtown every day. I live in like suburb kind of Regina and travel predominantly within a few blocks of my house. And there's not a lot of, well, I'll be honest, there's no Blind Square um businesses on board within my jurisdiction that I commonly travel. Plus, I spend a lot of time at the lake, which is rural Saskatchewan. And I want to know if I'm walking on whatever street and approaching whatever business as well. So currently, to my knowledge, I don't. I could get in trouble because it could be wrong. I don't believe that Blind Square actually provides that information, but it could be up and coming. Yay. So elements possibly going into the Blind Square app. We may see that later in the year. Okay, that's interesting. And the other good thing here is, of course, that This is open source now. And I have a hunch, I'm just going to put it out there. I think by the end of the year, everyone is going to be praising Microsoft no end for making this open source because of all the companies that will dive in and use it. I hope I'm right in that. But I I want to park the Soundscape conversation for just a second because we had on the show... uh, We had Mike Buckley on talking about Be My Eyes and the Virtual Volunteer. He's the CEO of Be My Eyes. And he was on talking about, you know, the future iterations of the Be My Eyes app. And one thing he told us about was navigation was going to be built into the app in some form. Now, we don't know if that's going to be Soundscape or not. But what I am interested in is what you talked about with function. Because you hit something there, which I think is really important. We want something to be functional. We want it to be easy. We want it to be something that can be part of our world and not something we're actively involved in. You know, so for example, if you set a, a route map on a, a, you know, anybody sets a route on, say, an Apple device or a Google device, it's going to take them from A to B fairly hands free, right? But blind people don't really have that because it's not quite as simple as that. You have to interact with the device a lot of the time. You've got to check in with the device. Uh, you know, it's not as simple as all that. And I just think there's something in this, and that was what we might, that's what Soundscape was was brilliant with. But there's another side to this, which is of course where. Be My Eyes itself is going, and that is artificial intelligence. 
And a day will come, and probably won't be that far away, that these GPT features we're seeing where, you know, at the moment it can, it can ingest an image and it can give you lots of information about an image, will soon be able to see your surroundings. And I think a day is coming where navigation fused in with that. You imagine a world where Soundscape can not only tell you where you are, but see where you are, can see what you're looking at. I mean, we don't really have to delve. There was maybe, if we had this conversation a year ago, you'd be saying, Stephen, don't be ridiculous. That's not going to happen for years. Exactly. That's not going to be for years. We're talking months away. I mean, Becky, what does that world look like for you? Wild exciting, intimidating. Um, I think it's really, really fabulous, but like I can't even conceptualize how big of an impact that will have, especially for indoor built environments. For me to find like I'm at a rink, like I spend lots of time in our rinks and there's multiple rinks within the same facility. And so figuring out which rink I'm at, if I could like actually do that with tech wise and not have like my phone out and zoom and whatever, that would be fabulous. Something just whispering in my ears. I want to keep it cool and classy though too. Like I don't want to have this giant built thing on my face either to show whatever equipment where I am as well. I want to, I, I, I still want to visually fun. blend into society. <laughs> no, I want to stand out. <laughs> Is that out. too much to ask for? <laughs> yes. I want a big crash helmet with satellite dishes on it. Flashing yeah, LEDs. Yeah. Becky's a classy lady and you, Sean, are not. Um, That's true. <laughs> <laughs> you are, I can definitely, I can definitely say you're not a classy lady, Sean. Um, but, but you're right, and, and you know this is where we're moving into this world of wearables, and we're only days away from seeing whatever Apple's got up its sleeve. I don't think, I don't know, but I don't think it's going to be the device we're all hoping it is. I think there's the blind people want one thing, and everyone else wants another. <laughs> I think that's where we're at. Uh, I don't really see that being the device. I don't think it's going to be a pair of glasses that you can just stick on, and suddenly the world is available to you. That's the world we want. We want Bose yes. frames with bells on, you know. Um, that's what we, we want, essentially. We want something fashionable. But, you know, it's, it's also just about, blend, as you say, blending in, you know. And it's interesting you put it in those terms because we, we often, you know, so many companies come up with these ideas. I see it every day. Oh, a new cane or a robot guide dog or talking this or, and you just like, look, just build it into something or make it cooler. Yeah, you know. just discreet. Like nobody yeah. wants, like I set off so many like alarms, whatever. I, I attract a lot of attention what? when I walk <laughs> and it has nothing to do with me as the individual person. It's all the bells and whistles and hoo-hahs I've hanging off of me, like the dog, the, you know what I mean? The stick at the time, right? Like the, I don't know, whatever, right? Like there's lots that goes into it. And so sometimes like that was my one of my biggest decision factors about getting a dog compared to a white cane is I like being able to fold up the cane once I get someplace and blending in. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, I don't want to be the person that's sticking out and answering questions all day long. I, there's a time and place, but I just want to be a mom at the hockey rink doing my thing like every other mom, right? So Not I blind mean, person I, with a big sign right. that says blind person above I want to head. be inspirational. <laughs> I do have um, eSight as well. And one of the reasons why I really stopped using it was it drew so much attention and like mm. I had this big headset on my head and whatever. I mean, I don't have a vision now to support it, but um, and I probably would use it now. But anyways, whatever. Mm. If I can have something that clips onto my glasses, my fashionably selected pink glasses, I would love to have oh. something like that, that, you know, and then Bluetooth to my, my earbuds. So everybody's not hearing my conversation and what information is getting spoke to me, right? Like, just keep it keep it cool, keep it classy. That's all. We're not asking for too much. 
I think that's such an important point. And, and I, I wonder if that comes from you not being blind. You know, the time in your life when you had vision, when you weren't thinking about all these things, all these aspects of your life were not, were not things you would ever think about. You're more probably aware of it than perhaps we are. And we're guys. And we are typical guys who, you know, I'm speaking for myself here, I don't really give two hoots about fashion. And anybody who meets me will know that. Yeah, yeah. Sean's the same. Um, Excuse me. And, no, you are. You are. <laughs> You're like me. And, you know, we don't care about all that nonsense. But equally... You don't want to go out looking. Oh, yeah. What's the word I'm looking for here? This is going to offend the least amount of people. Um, <laughs> oh wow! Good luck with that. I'm I'm, I'm yeah. sitting back. <laughs> <laughs> Let me help you out. I think what you're trying to say is that we don't necessarily want to go out and draw attention to ourselves, right? A hundred percent. Which is why I think a lot of us are so keen on what Apple might bring out. I think that's where a lot of it comes from for us. I mean, yeah, there's two sides to it. One is, and the main overriding factor is what will this do and, and how accessible will it be? What accessibility options could it bring us? But also, Apple will bring something out that's fashionable because, you know, from the days going way back to when the iPod came out, and remember the white earbuds with the wires? And that mm. was never a thing. Never a thing. You didn't want to show off that you were wearing earbuds. Suddenly, everyone had white earbuds. And you could see them so clearly at any time of the day or night. They made it fashionable. And I think that's where, you know, these devices will get interesting. Totally. Even with the aftershocks, you know, initially I was a little bit self-conscious wearing them. Um, mm. But they're mainstream. And I'm like, everybody's wearing some sort of earpiece, I'll call it, right? Like, and yeah, it yeah. is what it is. And so it's not necessarily labeling me as different. Um, and I I enjoy that. And I do, to circle back to your comment, I do think that a lot of my way of thinking is based on previously being a, a, a sighted individual. And I know how, because I was one of them, I know how reliant people with sight are and how how observant they can be. Um, and we don't have access to that, right, anymore. So yeah. um, I'm just aware of that level of, I'm going to say scrutiny, but I don't mean it with necessarily with disrespect or negative tone to that. But yeah. There in their sight, looking around, looking at things. <laughs> but but we do have control over what we wear. I think is my point. You know, and and that's what you're saying. You want to you want it to look the part. If you're going to wear, if you have to use that, if you have to wear glasses, for example, you want them to be the glasses you want. I used to get the NHS here in the UK. We get these NHS glasses that were like milk bottles you were wearing on your <laughs> yes. face. And I hate. Yeah, but they're that, fashionable you know? now. I absolutely hate them. I mean, it's just yeah. Now thirty they are. years yeah, ago, they weren't. But now they no, are. No, they definitely were not. I should go fish them out. <laughs> um, listen, it's been really interesting having you on to talk about all this because I, I, I just think it's it's an interesting time. I will, of course, we won't know until something comes out, some product is announced at some point. I cannot imagine someone is not out there working on it. As you say, you think Blind Square might be on the case with it. I hope they are. I think others will be too. And like I say, I think in a few months' time, we might be quite pleased that we that Microsoft did this. You know, they actually Ooh. put it out there. Because, because here's the thing. They could have just cancelled the whole project. And I think we need to remember that, that they could have wiped the whole thing out. They could have said, that's it. We can't support it anymore. It's dead. And that would have been a huge shame. The fact is they have made it able for other developers to take this on and run with it. So we shall see. We shall see. In the meantime, tell people, Becky, where we can go and listen to you talk about things. 
<laughs> yes. Some things I talk about. So there's the Raising Kindness with Becky Zar podcast. It's available on YouTube in a video format um, with uh, described video or with like captioning, sorry, for auditory deficits. Or you can find us on any major podcast platform as an auditory version. Um, so there is 10 episodes total. There's two still to come out. And then that um, that series will be wrapping up. And then you can also, if you really want to check out more about my vision loss story, you can check out The Blind Reality. It's on any major podcast platform. And that series has 20 episodes and is wrapped up as well. But um, if you're listening, it's a storytelling format. Start in episode one. It's lots of fun to listen to. Yeah, it really is. Go check it out. And uh, thank you so much for coming on. We also uh, featured on an episode recently with us as well on Double Tap TV. So you can go check that out on our YouTube. Uh, Becky's are come back soon. Love it. Joy as always. And just for you, just for you, I want Sean to send you off with his wonderful uh, rendition of saying the part of the world that you live in. So, Sean, (laughs) Becky lives in Regina. Where? I hate you, Stephen. Saskatchewan. (laughs) Close. No, no, no. Excuse me, Becky. I don't think you'll find that's close. I think you'll find that's absolutely spot on. So good, they named it unpronounceable. Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan. I can't do it. Say it, say it Becky. I live in Regina, Saskatchewan. See that? Oh, listen to that. Listen to the way that is said. That, that is a professional, Sean. That's class. That is class. Stay classy, Becky. Thanks, guys. Take care. Thanks, Becky. Uh, Keep in touch with us. As always, you can stop it. Feedback at doubletaponair.com. Keep practicing. You'll get there one day. 1-877-803-4567 is our number to call if you'd like to drop us a voicemail. Uh, You can also find us across social media on Mastodon, Twitter, and on YouTube as well. You can find us. Search for Double Tap TV. That's it from me, Sean Priest. As always, thank you. Thank you, Saskatchewan. <sighs> Back Bye-bye. tomorrow. Bye. Join us weekly for The Pulse with host Joita Gupta, who brings us closer to issues impacting the disability community across Canada. Watch The Pulse on YouTube or listen wherever you download your AMI podcasts.